0: This is The Rational Perspective. I'm Alec Hogg. In this episode, Vodacom's Please Call Me Misery just doesn't seem to be ending. In his brilliant book, The End of Power... Venezuelan author Moises Naim wrote that the likes of innovative startups, loosely organized activists, upstart citizen media, and charismatic individuals who came from nowhere are shaking up the old order. These are the micropowers, he wrote, small, unknown, or once negligible actors that have found ways to undermine, fence in, or thwart the mega-players. Naim's treatise is on the money and hugely respected. In 2015, the end of power was Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg's inaugural pick in his Year of the Books challenge, where he got the Facebook community to join him in reading one book every two weeks for an entire year. It was also listed as a Financial Times Book of the Year in 2013. The powerful message embedded in Naim's book is being felt all around the world, including in South Africa, where mobile phone giant Vodacom continues in a battle against a now 42-year-old former employee over an idea that he gave the company and which it applied 18 years ago. Kenneth Nkosane Makate fits the bill of this unknown activist. He wears the cloak to perfection of the micropower. For context, while in his early 20s, he had the bright idea of a call-me-back SMS service. McCarty shared the concept with his ultimate boss, then Vodacom chief executive Alan Knott Craig, who later claimed to have come up with the idea himself. McCarty has steadfastly refused to be fobbed off. He laid a charge against his former employer and took the matter to court, winning a judgment in 2014 that found that he... Was indeed the inventor of the concept, in the process, destroying a reputation that Vodacom's founder, Not Craig, had built over decades. When that judgment refused to sanction a payment to Makati on the grounds of prescription, that's where debts expire if three years old, he took his plea to the highest court in South Africa. In a landmark judgment there in 2016, the Constitutional Court found in Makati's favor ruling that Vodacom should indeed pay reasonable compensation to him for the invention. For the past two years, the parties have been wrangling about the quantum. In other words, how much McCarty should be paid. Vodacom admits to having made an initial offer of 10 million rands, which McCarty rejected. Media reports say the company upped that to 49 million rand. Again, McCarty apparently says it's not enough. the ante was up this week when a group of activists calling themselves the Please Call Me Movement, named after the concept itself, picketed Vodacom's head office. Their protest, well covered by the media, focuses on the demand that the company pay Makate 70 billion rand. That's the equivalent of Vodacom's last six years of profits. From Arab Spring to France's Yellow Jackets, Brexiteers to the Catholic Church in the DRC, Everywhere we see evidence of the changing power equation. It was written about so eloquently by Moise's name. Vodacom's rearguard action against an activist portrayed as a folk hero carries lessons for every business, and indeed, for those of us who invest in them. The company called a press conference this morning to address the latest developments. The first question comes from Kevin Lancaster of
1: My Broadband.
2: My question is, if Makate did not put forward his Please Call Me idea and he was removed completely from the equation, would Vodacom still have launched the Please Call Me service?
3: I think it certainly would have, uh, because uh, Makate brought the idea. The concept per se wasn't unique as it became apparent to us later that MTN was working on a similar concept, which was subsequently patented. And in the nature of how this industry works, if a service or a product is launched, typically the benefit of a company that conceptualizes it is the first mover advantage. Uh, But what would then ensue is that the rest of the industry would follow. If we didn't get the idea from him, someone else in the market would possibly have come with a similar idea and over time would have copied it. So my point is, I think as the market was evolving, the concept of a... Please call me a similar con- con- concept. was apparently being investigated by a number of operators in the market and eventually would have been there. That's not to suggest, though, that Makati didn't come with the idea. He didn't bring it to us. He did bring it to us in time. We did check it or test it for technical and commercial viability. And then as we were doing that, market, MTN was first to market and eventually we followed MTN. Our conception and understanding of what the Constitutional Court ruling entailed. Essentially, the Court said there was an agreement between Barack Obama and Kenneth McCarthy, but equally there was a recognition that the agreement is incomplete, And therefore, that the parties needed to enter into negotiations in in good faith to agree the amount of compensation that ought to be paid to Mr. Makate. And the third most important point was, in the event of a deadlock between the parties, the Vodacom Group CEO steps in as a deadlock breaker. Now our conception and understanding of the notion of deadlock breaking is that uh, the decision of the deadlock breaker is final.
4: To dialed in that's Nkateko Nyoka, our Chief Officer for Legal and Regulatory Affairs. Uh, Next question, please. I know that you're
2: not not disclosing any figures here because you have um, confidentiality agreements. Uh, but Makate, in his Uber filings, um, and filings with the Intellectual Property Commission um, in April last year, uh, he said that, you know, Vodacom offered him 10 million rand as compensation. I just wonder, with your latest talks, uh, you know, was the compensation offer higher than that?
3: It is true that uh, there was a number, amount of 10 million rand the determination of the Vodacom group CEO in terms of quantum is significantly higher than the ten million concerned.
5: The next question comes from Learney Prince of Bloomberg.
1: The, just going to the quantum, it seems very far removed what McCarthy wants and what Vodacom is offering. I mean how do you what what's the procedure to sort of come to some sort of middle ground if the, what he wants is not in close to what is being offered.
4: So do you want to put the, the, the number in in, quest, in context, with
2: Yeah, look, um, there is obviously, um, there have been various numbers um, over the past few years out uh, and being quoted with uh, a figure of uh, 70 billion rand uh, most recently uh, being quoted in the context of the Please Call Me movement. Now, I'd just like to comment a little bit on that and um, provide context, um, as this is obviously on the one side of the extreme, I would say. Um, the South African uh, net profit of the tax for the last six years So taking the entire net profit for the last six years of South Africa is about 70 billion rand. So if someone demands a figure of 70 billion rand as a uh, fair and reasonable compensation, uh, it would in essence imply that uh, the entire profit of the South African business for the last six years uh, would have been due to Mr. MacArthur.
6: Mm-hmm.
2: uh That, I think, um, highlights that such a demand is uh, very irrational uh, and, and completely outside of what one can consider uh, to be the outcome of a negotiation of a fair and reasonable compensation. We obviously have gone through an extensive negotiation process uh, between the Vodacom team and the Makata team uh, to determine a fair and reasonable compensation that deadlocked um, last year uh, and as Nkateko has highlighted in that event the CEO um, in line with the Constitutional Court Order comes into play uh, to break that deadlock. And that is what he has done, and, and he has determined an amount uh, which I think by all accounts one can consider as a substantial amount.
4: Uh, just, to give you, uh, just to remind you, that was uh, Phil that He is our Group Chief Financial Officer. Uh, next question, please.
5: The next question comes from Asher Speckman of TESA Blackstar. Did it generate revenue in return calls? The other question I wanted to ask in relation to the compensation was, what factors have you considered in determining um, that reasonable compensation?
4: Let's hand that one over to to Till to respond.
2: So, um... Just uh, back again, in terms of context, um, The uh, this buzzing option or this Please Call Me service um, was offered for free. Uh, it had been initially planned to be charged. Uh, and if you go back in time to 2000, uh, respectively 2001, when uh, this idea had been assessed and also financially been assessed, uh, there was a clear requirement set out to charge for this message in order to cover the incurred cost, um, because you obviously have got a platform, you've got interconnect cost, um, and so on and so on. Now, that charging, um, in essence, did never take place, so there was a period of uh, a number of months uh, meant to be a promotional period and afterwards it should have been charged. Now, it, it, could, have, it could not have been charged at that point in time since, uh, in essence, the market had moved on and uh, MTN also had launched uh, such a proposition uh, for free. So, as a free service, it did enjoy, like many free services, um, a uh, considerable take-up. And uh, this take-up, and that is, I think, an important aspect that one needs to consider because we saw it substituting normal text messages at that point in time. Hence, there had been a cap introduced uh, at that point in time. And for a number of years, there was a cap of five messages per user per day. A couple of years later, that cap had then been increased, but it does tell you that if it had been a substantially profitable service or call it a substantial money maker, one would have not considered to put a cap on it. So, this, this is what one needs to consider uh, in the context of uh, fair and reasonable compensation and the assessment um, of, uh, of what uh, the value of this uh, idea had been. Thanks, Asha.
4: Any, any follow-ups to that uh, answer?
5: How much did you generate in revenue from, from in, in terms of revenue? Some calls um, emanating from "Please call me" perhaps over in the initial phases or afterwards. Are you, are you able to share that with us? What what you have, um, what you can share?
2: So as I said, there's no direct attributable revenue um, as part of the "Please call me" message because it has never been charged for. To your question of um, did it actually generate um, incremental revenue from, calling, from customers calling back uh, with regards to that message? That is a highly speculative uh, question because, in essence, we have been seeing, of course, traffic between customers evolving over the years as a normal course of business and calling behaviors. And if you think of it, um, you know, um, the question is, of course, um, normal calling patterns are occurring and are evolving over time. And we have not been seeing uh, any incremental revenue with regards to that proposition. And in particular, because we have never been able to charge for it. And we ended up keeping the cap um, of a certain number of messages in place because uh, we incur a cost per message being sent that needs to be recovered. Again, if it would have been a uh, highly profitable proposition, it had been very irrational as a company or as a commercial business business unit uh, to impose and place a cap on the service.
5: Can I just ask one final question? You do, um, in the statement, you said that you acknowledge it could have been handled better. How could you handle it better, and uh, what would you have done differently? But also, do you have the ability to, is there recourse that you can take um, perhaps, you know, to be retrospective, um, you know, predecessors that have put Vodacom in this uncomfortable position? I mean, are you able to, is that something that you are considering?
6: Saki, uh, do you want to ha- take that one? Yes, yes thank you. Uh, the, the challenge that we have about this matter is that um, it started at the infancy of our democracy. When um, the, the, the country and the, the, the corporates in particular were still battling uh, with the interpretation of our Constitution and our, and our Bill of Rights. And uh it matures uh, now uh, in 2016, and now in January, when our CEO is ready to make a determination, which is a different era, uh, an era of uh, social media, social justice and uh, civil society activism and therefore, for us, it's like there's no way uh, to hide and that is why uh, in all our engagements that we have, we say uh, we could have handled it better, but we are where we are now. Uh, the Constitutional Court has ruled against us, and therefore what guides us to ensure that uh, we implement uh, the order of the Constitutional Court by, by, by the letter. We, we went uh, to, the, to, the, to the High Court uh, to defend uh, the case because uh, we believed uh, that we had uh, a case uh, to, to present, uh, and we, we won uh, that, that, that round. And uh, when the matter went to the Constitutional Court, and uh, the Constitutional Court uh, ruled mm, against mm. us, uh, we had uh, nothing else to do except uh, to ensure that we adhere to that, to that ruling. So uh, for us, uh, the, the, the preoccupation is to focus on the current, uh, because if we go back, we cannot undo the past. Uh, where we have had, as a company, uh, we have always said um, we, 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 we apologize, uh, but apologizing cannot uh un-
5: undo that. Thank you. The next question comes from Dr. Mutsuneng of
3: Reuters News. Uh, good morning. Um from from where from where I stand, uh Shamil Jusop shouldn't have been a deal a, a deadlock breaker because I mean he's conflicted uh, by no means. Uh, independent. Any comment on that, Nkateko? Uh, a starting point is that neither Shamil Jussou or Vodacom arrogated to itself the role of Mr. Jussou becoming a deadlock breaking mechanism That was the order of the Constitutional Court. So order number three of the Constitutional Court essentially says, in the event of a deadlock in the negotiations between Vodacom and Mr. Makate, the Vodacom Group CEO will be a deadlock breaking mechanism. And what Vodacom has done over the last couple of years has been to give effect to the Constitutional Court judgment and its order. Yeah, and let's
4: not forget that Mr. Joseph was excused from any and all discussions on, uh, on the matter, particularly at the uh, EXCO and, uh, and board level. Uh, Successor, any follow-ups from your side?
3: Yeah, I just wanted to, yeah, it's um, it's a, it's a ruling, I understand, but I just wanted to get, um, Mr. Nkateko's view on the fact that he, he is part of Vodacom and Vodacom is, uh, is, uh, is gonna be the one who, uh, that's, uh, doling out the money. And, you know, he, he, I mean, his, his interest is in Vodacom, not in, in Mr. Makate. I just wanted to get his view, uh, personally
4: that, he's conflicted? Is he?
3: Well, I don't believe he is conflicted. He isn't conflicted because there are decisions that were made around the, the amount. Uh, in this instance, I'm talking about the negotiating team representing Veraco were made at the level of the Vodacom EXCO and board, as has been explained, and Mr. Jusup was excused from all all of those meetings. The second element is that the number 10 million that we spoke about earlier was a number that eventually was approved by the board. And as I explained, the determination of the Vodacom Group CEO on the quantum of reasonable compensation that has to be paid to Mr. Makate is significantly higher uh, than the 10 million rand number, which, you know, from my perspective, suggests that he was sensitive about his role as a deadlock breaker and in many ways, He acted in a bold manner and with courage, and I would hazard to say that uh, a number of people in Vodacom, specifically the negotiating team, would probably say he was exceedingly generous. Thanks, Inkateka.
4: Let's uh, move on to the next question, please.
5: Mm-hmm. The next question <laughs> comes from Mia
7: Lindekew of "Overdist Years". Thank you for the opportunity, um, I, my question is just uh, about Vodacom who sent a cease and desist letter uh, to Panyaza sufi and the Please Call Me movement, uh, we have subsequently received that letter and it was widely spread on his um, Twitter page um, saying that uh, the Please Call Me movement must stop incitement and um, distributing false information about the deal and, um, and what was going on behind closed doors. They, in fact, refuse to back down um, and they are now actually um, leading a massive campaign and they're intensifying their campaign, now boycotting and calling on all South Africans to boycott Vodacom products. And they are also saying they're going to lobby government officials to cancel contracts with Vodacom. And they are also threatening to take it internationally. Um, If someone can just respond, just, um, you know, will you take any further legal action against these uh, Please Call Me movement?
4: Kadeka, that's one definitely for you.
3: So, I guess the starting point is the footprint of the Please Call Me movement. They don't have a national footprint by any stretch of imagination. If anything, they are a cutlery home, stroke, Natal spread uh, movement. On the issue of mobilizing international support, well, our experience over the last couple of weeks, uh, over the last couple of weeks is that uh, when we present the facts with all the constraints, that we have with the confidentiality arrangement that we've entered into with uh, Mr. Makate, reason prevails. Now, to the extent that they plan to mobilize the international community, we believe we'll have the opportunity to also tell a side of the story. Uh, I, I would equally argue that the threat to approach government even with government, when we tell our side of the story, reason will ultimately prevail. I think the challenge is that there is emotions that comes with Vodacom as a big brand in South Africa, dealing with an individual who presented an idea to Vodacom. And, and, and I think the message out there that uh, this idea is worth billions, uh, when 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 it, when it's, it's not worth that much. So in that context, I think we'll deal with those issues as they arise. Do we plan to take the movement, individual, concerned to court? Look, we're keeping all our options open. And if it becomes necessary at some point that we must affect our rights through the courts in South Africa, we're not going to hesitate to to do that. After all, we believe that South Africa is a government of law and that the rule of law, to all intents and purposes, should trump uh, anything that seeks to undermine it.
4: And what we have said consistently through this this process is that we respect the right of all South Africans to uh, protest in a a peaceful manner. Any any follow-ups, Samir?
7: No, that's all. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you.
5: Thank you. The next question comes from Duncan McLeod of Tech Central.
2: So I guess for clarification. Is there any possibility that Vodacom will consider amending its settlement offer to Mr. Makate to make this issue go away? Or is this the absolute final settlement offer on the table from Vodacom?
3: Well, the possibility of amending the offer doesn't exist. The process is mapped out by the Constitutional Court. There had to be negotiations. Negotiations took place between Vodacom and Mr. Makate, and they deadlocked. And if a possibility existed of changing the number, that should have played out in the negotiations. Once there was a deadlock, and the deadlock breaking mechanism was invoked, the number that is determined by the deadlock breaker is final and legally binding until, you know, overturned by the cost.
2: Okay, thanks for that. My my second question relates to, um, I really want to ask you how concerned you are about communications minister, Delender Benny Abrams telling Vodacom on Twitter to just shut up on this matter. Are are you as Vodacom concerned about the language used by a minister that sets policy for the sector as well as, of course, from politicians like uh, Anyaza Lisufi.
4: That's definitely a question for Takalani Nechitenji, our Chief Officer uh, for Corporate Affairs.
6: I think it is important to point out here that uh, the, the Minister of Communications and the MEC, uh, Anyaza Lisufi are our key stakeholders. And we have a very good relationship uh, with, with both of them. Uh, we understand uh, that uh, this, this, uh, this, the comments that they have made were made at, at the heat of the moment. And uh, in the spirit uh, of continuing uh, our good relationships, we are continuing to engage them. Uh, we have engaged with Mr. Panyasa and Sophie, uh, very thoroughly. Uh, he himself, uh, in one of the interviews, Power did mention that uh, he's been engaging with the Vodacom executives. Uh, The Minister of Communications, uh, I can put it on record, that we will be meeting her next week uh, during the the SONA week to discuss uh, policy issues. And if this issue uh, is put on the table, we'll be able to respond uh, in the manner that we are engaging with all the stakeholders.
2: All right, thank you.
1: Thank you. We have a follow-up question from Leonie Prinsloo of Bloomberg. Hey, guys. So do you know where that uh, figure came from, the 70 billion rand or $5 billion? Because when I spoke to the Please Call Me movement, they said basically, Makati said on some radio interview that um, there was a whistleblower within Vodacom that gave him some numbers. So how would he get hold of some of of those type of numbers? Where is the number coming from? And is that really what he asked for during the negotiations?
2: So, um, look, we've got no insights or knowledge um, where the 70 billion figure might have come from or arisen or who has made it up in the end. Um, All I can say is um, over the past um, two, three years uh, in the process, you have been uh, in the space of the public domain uh, recognized a lot of numbers um, having been quoted, uh, most of them in the billions. Um, so um, all I can say is uh, it is a uh, highly irrational uh, number uh, that has been quoted there uh, with no substance uh, to support this um, or any other number. That had been quoted so far out in the public domain. Lenny, happy with that?
1: I just want to know is it, I mean, is that what he asked for? How far apart is what he's asking for from what Vodacom is offering?
2: Um, Look, throughout the negotiation process, Again, there have been various numbers um, tabled uh, by the MacArthur Party and as a matter of fact um, they had been uh, uh the positions between um, the uh, macarthur negotiation team and the Watercom negotiation team uh had been uh, way apart um, to reach uh, um, a meeting of minds I think there were moments um, when both parties progressed and um, and made steps towards each other uh, in trying to reach uh, common ground. However, again, that deadlocked um, in the end and led to um, the uh, next stage of the process um, coming into play. So. I won't be able to comment on specific numbers um, that had been negotiated or tabled throughout the process since it is covered by the confidentiality agreements.
0: Those were the highlights of the Vodacom press conference held this morning in response to growing media coverage again of activist Kenneth Makate's 18-year-old arm wrestle with the company over the Please Call Me saga. You have to wonder how much this has cost Vodacom in management time alone. This has been The Rational Perspective. Until the next time, cheerio!